Hey, Margo. Thanks again for uh, joining Newport Interactive Marketing this time around for our mastermind. Um, last week, was it last week or two weeks ago? I can't even remember. We did an in-depth dive into, um, into delegation. You're a productivity expert. And we had 20 people spending an hour really focusing on your top tips for delegation. And then we followed that up with a worksheet. Um, and today on our mastermind, I thought it would be helpful for us to walk through the, um, the tip sheet and maybe see how it would apply more in depth and a little more customized to specific businesses. And I think what would be good is, um, you know, we can use myself as a guinea pig. And if we have other people join us, they can maybe come in and ask some questions too. But just quickly, could you um, recap your, your background in case, you know, in case you weren't able to join NIM last week? So I'm Margo Crawford with Wave Productivity. I'm a productivity coach and professional organizer. And I help people become more focused, organized, and productive so they can start having great days at work. I've been in the organizing industry for nearly 20 years and I love to be able to share tips and techniques so your workday is successful and goes well. Fantastic. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we talked about this in the podcast also that it's really important now that we're working from home, uh, which we talked about that working remote is not the same. Working remote is not what we're necessarily doing now. We're working remotely in a crisis and uh, there's just a lot of new frameworks that we all need to adjust to. So to be kind to ourselves, but I think it's also a great time to focus on, on, you know, just building some best practices because who knows, like who knows how long people will be working from home and uh, when you break those habits that you've always has always have had, it's a great opportunity. You know, uh, habits are very situational. So if you aren't in that same situation now, it might be a good time to adopt some new habits. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things that you talk about is calculating your worth and the value of the project. And we had a really good question uh, when we were doing the deep dive from Julia Scott about a task that she has that only really takes a couple hours and uh, whether or not she should set up the framework or you know what she should do. Should she still do it herself or would that be a great thing to delegate? What was your, what do you, what's your advice for someone who's in that situation? So it is about calculating your words. So let's just say you make a hundred dollars an hour, but the task that you're doing that takes two, two hours is something that you could delegate to either another staff member or another colleague. Mm -hmm. And let's just say it's bookkeeping and you could find a bookkeeper for $50 an hour. There's a mm -hmm. cost things problem there, right? There's a cost issue there where right. two, let's just say you're spending $200 on an activity that costs $100 and you could be doing really amazing things with sales or customer experience or reaching out um, and mm -hmm. doing marketing um, with that time that you're clouding up with activities that you could delegate to somebody else. So when you can mm -hmm. understand your 
forth, it's far easier to then start looking at who you can delegate to and is it cost effective? Right. Right, right. And so if you're not really valuing your worth um, and then what, you know, the, the example that I've used is uh, under normal circumstances, I have people clean my house because, you know, it's, it's giving other people an opportunity um, and it allows me more time to focus on, on my business. Uh, and so that's, that's a very basic example, but it could be applied to almost anything. Yeah. Um, and then I also like your tips here on uh, creating lists of tasks to delegate. So something that may be non-revenue generating, what would be an example of that? So it might be something like, um, like bookkeeping, mm-hmm. where um, maybe you're, you're punching in numbers when you could be making sales. It could be something trying to think of what some of what my clients worked on um, some marketing projects that they they will really focus in on and then um, it may not have a great ROI mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if there's anything that you want work on that you feel like it, it's not non-revenue generating um you know, I think one, one of the things I think is a great thing to delegate is your marketing, because mm-hmm. I think if you are a solopreneur, if it's really helpful to have that feedback from someone um, of, I know you're trying to say this, but it comes off a little bit strange or is not quite as clear. So I think looking at your marketing, not just from, or looking at delegating your marketing, not just from a I don't want to do it or I'm not good at it or it's challenging or I never seem to get around to it, but also the, the component of having that automatic sounding board and feedback loop, I think is really, uh, is, can be super helpful. Hmm. I just thought of one. I had a client who had a large office space and they would find themselves tidying up, um, you know, wiping down, maybe doing some sweeping, those kinds of things certainly non-revenue generating and had to use that time to actually focus in on something that was revenue generating. Um, It would be far more productive for her. Right, right, right. Yeah. No. And and that makes total sense. Right. And I think too, that we're all going to find ourselves in these situations pretty soon. Right. In terms of, uh, you know, what are some routine tasks that you could be delegating that, you know, you didn't have to do before. Um, yeah. And so you also mentioned tasks you dislike and then tasks that take up too much of your time. Do you have a good example of the too much time? And maybe something that uh, might, you know, you, people might not think about as something that's worth delegating. So Julia's question is a great example. Yes, it may take her two hours to do this specific task, but if she gave it to an expert, expert, it might only take them 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so passing it off to an expert sometimes helps crunch that time. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think that and that's another really great point, right? Like that a bookkeeper, it may take you hours and hours and hours to do your taxes, but a bookkeeper who does these things all the time could just speed that whole process right up. Um, okay. Experts as well, um, especially as we move back into the workplace, 
uh, specifically with HR, human resources, making sure that we're keeping our staff safe, ourselves safe, um, and re-entering in a way that's appropriate. And some of this treads on um, experiences we haven't had before and human resources issues that we haven't had to deal with. And right. it's, it's gonna get really sticky. So to mm -hmm. make sure that we talk with experts who can actually support us and help us through without having to question. Let's say it takes four hours to research how to bring back your staff. When right. you could with an HR expert for 45 minutes on the phone or an hour on the phone and, um, and, and get a quick invoice from them, that's far more productive than spending that time doing the research yourself. Mm, that's a really great example. Yeah, I always find, and maybe because I used to be a reporter, that uh, when I would get stuck on something, I always, I, I, well, I learned, I have a question, and I'm just not sure what that question is, or, but if I probably talk to somebody, they might be able to tease it out of me a lot faster, um, and then get to the bottom of it, and there's probably other, other questions that are going to come out of it. So that process, I think, especially for solopreneurs, um, are, is really important um, to have, to just have an expert to talk to. Sure, and that's exactly what productivity coaching is. You know, I, I will tell my clients, I have five or six ideas running around in my head of what you could do, but my mm -hmm. job as a coach is to not give you the answers, is to draw the answers out of you naturally so that you're drawing mm -hmm. on your strengths. If I right. told you what to do, a lot of times I'm working with entrepreneurs and leaders. They don't want to be told what to do. It's why they're, the, they're in the position that they're in. Right. And you naturally draw that out of someone. They hit on it. They're motivated and excited instead of me just, you know, here you go. Here's the answer. Um, right. Having experts that you can lean on and talk to, especially mm -hmm. in this, we're feeling so, such immense uncertainty and anxiousness talking with right. experts in ways that we can really look to taking action and moving forward. It's an important step. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, definitely. And like we said, you know, it's a good time to reevaluate. Um, what, what are some of the craziest excuses you've heard when it comes to delegation that people say, oh, I can't delegate because? Uh, the one that I think is the biggest is uh, people will think I'm slacking off. They'll think that I'm lazy and I don't want to show up lazy. When in actuality, delegation, um, it can take up some time. It, it requires right. skills and to, mm -hmm. to learn those skills and use them effectively can actually create increase in profits, increase in great culture. Um, employees are buying in to your work in your company. So those are all really great things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I'd love to just talk about, I know you have other, other great tips here on the tip sheet, but what are some other, um, what are some other thoughts you have on where to invest your time when you are delegating? Um, I always look for what's your revenue generation. Okay. Where you get the most bang for your buck. Okay. Where, what are those long-term projects that are going to bring in return on investment that you've been putting on the back burner mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because you just don't have enough time. But when you delegate, right. the time it gets freed up. There's right. certain 
for our business. And, and I've talked to a lot of people right now who are taking the time to work on policies, procedures, new ways of doing things, those projects on the back burner. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Cool. No, I think that's super helpful. And what are some of the, you know, the like mechanics of delegating um, in terms of how you are, one, one great tip that you gave me a while ago was when you're setting up tasks, start it with a verb. Are yeah. there some other key tips there that, that people could just use for a quick hit? Yeah, so the steps for delegation, finding the right person. That is the most important step, making sure that the person has the skill, experience, and if they don't, providing those resources so that they can kind of get up and running. And then mm -hmm. really having that person understand the task and then have them rephrase that back to you. What is it that we just talked about? Thinking through what, what is that gonna look like for them? What actions they're gonna take to make sure that it gets complete? So agreeing mm -hmm. on what the outcome is, verifying the outcome, and then working on a completion date. When are we gonna get it done? Talking about right. the completion is extremely important if you've delegated other tasks to a staff member because then you can start helping them prioritize so that they're not overwhelmed and stressed out with the work that they have to do. Yeah, and I think that that is super uh, key to, to anything. You know, I mean, it's not, it wouldn't even need to be, oh, I'm outsourcing this to somebody that I do that with my child. You know, like mm -hmm. I said this, what did I say? And uh, that's, that's just good communication skills, I think, you know, especially when people are, are working remote now um, and they maybe don't have the opportunity to just sort of swing by the office and ask a quick question. So to take the time up front, um, just to confirm, like, we're clear here on, on what's expected. What about, um, do you have any project management systems or things like that that you would recommend that might be helpful? So I use some specific project management um, software, but it's really about what works for you. I think one thing that people overlook is interface. Um, uh, do they enjoy and like the interface? So right. um, has some great products, but for me, I get on Google, any kind of Google suite, and there's something about it that it just doesn't click for me. Interesting. Um, mm -hmm. I experience mm -hmm. that as well. It might be the color or the way that it's set up. Um, so like there's some people who really enjoy Asana. They find yeah. it very clean and bright. There are other people who really like Trello. Mm -hmm. That seems to make sense to them because it's like cards that they can move around or right. books that they can move around onto different boards. Yeah. So really it's looking at like maybe three, five different uh, project management software technology platforms. Mm-hmm looking at the plat the uh, interface itself yeah most of those platforms have general things that are the same like you can share information sure attach pictures whatever but do can your can you and your team really dig into the look and the feel of it and does it feel comfortable right right yeah it's one of those things where let's say you have the app on your phone and you dread opening it. Like that's probably not, not the platform that's gonna work really well for you or your team. Mm -hmm. um, we found that because I work with a lot of interns, um, especially for NIM, and I need to set up tasks and projects for them so that 
they, you know, they're working remote. They always have been um, sometimes working in odd hours. So to remove that, that, you know, it's asynchronous in terms of how the project is flowing. Um, so they need to work in at night and then I, the next day wake up and there's a question posted or, so I think for, for me, a big key was this has to be simple enough that an intern who maybe is not as savvy with a whole lot of tools has never even seen a project management system, never even knew it existed, um, that they feel comfortable and can figure it out. And it's, it's been interesting. We are using Monday.com right now and uh, we have been using Asana and Monday.com to me as a nicer interface, but it also, um, it's, I find that it's easier for them to follow. There's some, and, and always, you know, it's never going to be exactly hundred percent intuitive to everybody. Correct. Yeah. So just to have sort of that expectation, what would and you say? Do you, Oh, go ahead. Um, just the, also the expectation that, um, in the technology, there will always be a gap. There will always be that one piece that you need that's not there. But when right. you find that platform has several different holes that aren't being filled. That's when you may need to jump ship or uh, look at something else that will be more effective. Yeah. What are maybe some other tools um, like that clients find um, helpful, like maybe mind mapping? What, what, are there some other techniques and tools out there that you would, might recommend? Uh, so for mind mapping, I always go back to pen and paper. Yeah. And then uh, Evernote is great in that you can take a picture and it will you know, scan in and then it will choose keywords that you can then search for, mm -hmm. even if they're written out, as long as your handwriting is you know, somewhat legible. <laughs> um, okay, I'm out. <laughs> right? Um, but one of the reasons why mind mapping is so great on pen and paper, because you can go big, you can start using different colors, and the action of kind of getting your body involved mm -hmm. uh, and the kinesthetic quality of that, I think draws out a whole lot of different ideas and thoughts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think that I, I really take notes on pen and paper primarily because it's faster. Um, you know, if I'm, if I'm interviewing a client or on a call or running through things, I just, you know, can make quick notes while, whereas I don't have a screen in front of me, there's not like a physical blockade, there's not the clicking. Um, mm -hmm. It's just much more subtle and I think uh, less disruptive, I guess. But I, I think that there's something to be said about actually seeing something on paper. And sometimes, uh, I mean, I have planning notebooks that I use and it's fun to flip through planning notebooks. Like I recently, found my planning notebook from 10 years ago when I, like I was already two years into my business. So yeah. it was interesting to kind of see like, Oh, and there were some, some things that I had worked through some frameworks that I had worked through that I was like, Oh, I should revisit that. You know, it'd be kind of interesting, to, but it was fun. You know, it was almost like opening a photo album, sure. you know, and if I had had to do that on my laptop, Oh, that's like at least one or two laptops ago, you know, who knows what drive that's, on, you know what I mean? And, and so, it was, it was, I think there's a lot of merit to the pen and paper. What about any other, any other tools for productivity in general that you think would be helpful? Um, I think it really depends on kind of what the challenge Hard to say. Yeah. And make sure that you can kind of overcome those challenges. Mm -hmm. Some of the things that I use, um, Slack is really great. 
it cuts down on email. Um, you can have great conversations and, and kind of keep up that way. I yeah. follow a lot. Uh, I personally like to see everything in boxes and be able to move it around and ship things around. Um, it's really helpful in setting up my own social media and things that I need to kind of post and, and pull out. Um, I like Buffer and Later for some of my social media. That's really great. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There And then, um, then you don't have to really worry about it. And then I just go analog, pen and paper. Right, right. Yeah, old pen and paper can be really fantastic. Also, just the, the physical act of checking something off or crossing it off. There's so much gratification that comes out of that as opposed to like clicking a box. I don't know. It just doesn't feel the same. It's kind of funny. Yeah. And Calendly and Acuity are two cal scheduling softwares that you can use. So instead of having the back and forth of, you know, when can we have this meeting? Um, I don't know. Let's check our calendars, that kind of thing. Yeah. Just say, right. And I know that there's like an extra step for whoever you send that to. But in actuality, to like for them to get in and compare their calendars and just set a date can just be so more productive and easy and efficient. Yeah, I I um, use You Can Book Me, mm -hmm. and I like I, I like the inter, you know the user interface is good, the graphics are good. And I use the free version, mm -hmm. and uh, you know I have a link in the bottom of my email that goes out, and I'll say you know pick a time that's convenient for you you know, to lay out in the next week. Uh, it just makes it so much easier than, like you said, there's probably, it would be interesting to see a statistic about uh, how many emails it takes to set a meeting. I bet you it's like five. Probably around that, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, at least, exactly. it's gotta be at least two. Yes. Right, as opposed to someone says, hey, I'd, I'd love to, you know, hop on a call my immediate reply is like, okay, here, now, now pick a time that's good for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. Um, let me just see. What about, um, do you have any tips in terms of, I guess, just thinking about how to structure, structure yourself? Like what, what's an appropriate goal during this time where maybe people may be rethinking how they're doing things? Um, you know, would it be setting aside time to think about how you're doing things or what, what are some other tips that you might have during, you know, this work from home moment? The thing that I'm seeing with people is not that if there's an issue during their workday, um, they can hit the nine to five. That's not the problem. The problem is what's happening at the beginning of the day and what's happening at the end of the day. So making sure that you bookend your day with routines, that are gonna actually support and help you and your family set up and then wind down during the day. Mm -hmm. to five can be fairly structured. Um, we, a lot of people have that down. If, if you don't, there's a whole bunch of stuff that you can do. I have an accountability group. So if you go to waveproductivity.com, um, there's an accountability group where you check in in the morning and you say, these are the three things I'm gonna get to. Wow, and then cool. you say, this is what I accomplished or you know, didn't accomplish, yeah. this is what I'm going to work on. And then we have focused work times during the day. So we have an hour that everyone in this group gets together on Zoom. And we all at the top of the hour say, this is what I'm working on for the next hour. We have Zoom open and we work on that and stay focused. 
And at the end of that, we come back with, this is what I accomplished. And wow. Or not. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it's really fun. It's really That fun. sounds really good. It's a great group of people. We're all supporting and encouraging each other. It's a great reminder. I have um, someone on there who's like, it just helps me plan my day. I was starting every day with just grabbing with whatever just came at me. And now I get to choose. Right, right. Yeah. Well, and there's so much to be said about um, uh, fulfillment, right? And being able to choose, I think, is really important and, uh, and key to making you feel like you have been productive at the end of the day, like that, oh, I actually accomplished something. And also, in a crisis situation, we are going to be reactive. It's, you know, in March, beginning of April, we were all very reactive to what was happening. And then we kind of all settled in, which was really nice to see. And mm -hmm. now we have the opportunity to move away from being less reactive to being more proactive in our work and making decisions that are actually going to move our business forward, even with mm -hmm. what we're dealing with. And I think that that is really important, right, is to take this opportunity to, to plan and be proactive, as you're saying. Um, are there any specifics that, that we might be able to give us in terms of how to do that? Like what would be a good first step in terms of, okay, I'm going to use this time to be proactive? The first thing is setting aside the time. Okay. What's so great about this accountability group is that's built in. So mm. setting aside blocking out time on your calendar and making sure that nothing gets in the way, that you don't move that meeting, um, unless it's an emergency, but like yeah. you're moving that meeting, you're not getting interrupted and taking the time to really dig in. That's really uh, key to getting anything done, right? If you put energy and time and resources into it, that, that's gonna be the good first step. Good, okay. Well, um, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, Margaret. You've been so gracious and generous giving all these great tips and putting, you know, everybody on the right path, I think, from crisis to what can we, how do we make the best damn lemonade out of this whole situation? Okay. Um, and I've, I'm so happy that we talked, you know, back in the fall about having you because now I'm like, oh, I really need this. Good. I'm glad. And you can always reach out wayproductivity.com and there's a bunch of different blogs with resources and great tips so you can on there and check it out fantastic okay well thank you so much margo and uh, i'll be looking forward to seeing you at another nim soon great wonderful thank you for having me thank you